0: but people often skip that step because it's kind of annoying and it takes effort to like have those calls maybe get them transcribed look for your themes
1: Across a coaching program and wonder how they sold it, why they built it, and what life looks for them day to day. From that very first client to the 10th, 100th, and 1,000th client, I want to know all the details. I'm Michelle Rockwood, and I teach life coaches how to sell their coaching for thousands without scripts and with your entire heart and soul. Join me as we deep dive behind the scenes into some of the world's most successful coaches, from 25,000 to 25 million, and everywhere in between. Hi, everyone, and welcome. I'm so excited to introduce you to Carly Clark Zimmer, who is an amazing heart centered coach that helps brand new coaches step in and sign their first five clients without the fear, the overwhelm, all the things as they figure out the systems as a new coach. She is an incredible body mind method coach mentor, human being, and I'm so excited to have her here today with us.
0: Hi, Carly. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for that intro, and I'm super excited to be here.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So, Carly, I want to just dive right in. How did you find coaching, or how did coaching find you?
0: Okay. Such a great question. So, basically... I, since I was a kid, I've just had this like really compassionate, like empathetic personality. Like I see other people's pain or suffering or what they're going through. And it just like rips my heart out. Like I was watching Queer Eye, which was my favorite show in the whole world last night. And I was just telling my husband like, oh, this is why I do what I do. Like to see these amazing human beings and then really help them see what's inside of them like help, help reflect that back to them. I mean, that's really why I do what I do. It's just, I see these amazing people who have like all of these rules and patterns and like weight of the world and all the shoulds all over them. And what coaching does, right, is helps them see a new perspective and helps them get clear on what they want in their lives. And that, that is really the driver of why I do what I do every single day and how I found it. I don't know. I guess coaching kind of found me through my background in massage and then just bringing that in that what I just shared into my sessions with clients and then wanting to serve them on a a deeper level.
1: Amazing. Carly, you have something I I know you personally. And so I know that you stepped into coaching from massage and as a massage therapist, and you integrated that into your work. Can you speak to that? Because that's actually really, really unique is to take an existing modality, personal training, something that you already do and integrate coaching into it.
0: Yeah. It was a bit of a challenge at first, like looking back on it. And when I help clients, holistic practitioners now do that, it seems so clear and easy, but when I was in it for myself, the challenge really came from how I relate to myself as a coach and really starting to shift my view of myself as like a massage therapist into a coach. And that came slowly over time. And it came with a ton of support from my own coaches. Um, And looking back at it now, it seems like a perfect match, right? Like we're we're talking to people, we're helping people every day in person, in sessions. And um, it was simply like introducing a new service to them. Um, But there was so much of my identity wrapped up in that. That was really the hurdle that I had to move through in order to really start uh, seeing the the boost in revenue, like that revenue stream from my coaching. If that makes sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I can recall back, gosh, I don't know if it was one, two years ago when you had, you stepped into six figures as a coach and you started first five and it was going really well, you know, and you're like, wow, you know, look how far I've come. And your clients no longer came from and tell me where I'm wrong here, but they no longer came from massage or from your hands-on work because were those your first clients Were that were, was it your massage clients that were your first coaching clients?
0: Yes, absolutely. So my first, maybe five, 10, I want to say like that first handful of clients were from my massage practice and um, how I found them or how I basically like enrolled them into my coaching programs was simply starting to break through my own fear of asking them if they would like some support with what they were coming into my office with. So they might be coming in with, I'll, I'll use my very first client as an example. She was such a beautiful, creative soul. and you know, she was coming in and we'd be talking about like her creative writing or playing music and wanting to do this open mic night, but feeling terrified of like putting herself out there on stage and playing guitar in front of people. And so she was the first person that I said, you know, I think, I think we can work with this. Like, I think we can really bust through this fear if that is something that's really important to you. And so she said, yes, never forget it. Um, and we had this conversation like on a park bench, you know, I just, I was like getting into coaching and sharing it with her. And I was like, Hey, do you want to be like my, my Guinea pig? One of my first clients, It was just amazing to watch her go through that experience of like feeling nervous and scared and then being able to actually step on that stage, which took a lot longer, if I'm being honest, than our like three months together, but within that, and and it's so important, right, to make sure that we give our clients that dignity of their own experience because I wanted her to get on that stage so bad, right? She learned how to... Be compassionate with herself and take her own time until she was actually ready to do it. Now she's doing it years later, but isn't it cool. so funny
1: how you remember
0: that first client so vividly? Of like, can you remember,
1: like, how did you take the money from her? You know, was it a credit card? Like, how how did you do that? Do you remember?
0: I think uh, if I can recall, it was in person. So I think I took a deposit on my Square. Right, you just swipe the thing. Mm-hmm. But I had no nothing else set up. But I just remember learning. I take take it, take the money, say it like they're saying yes. So get them in, get them on boarded and let's hit the ground running. Love it. Love it. And do you remember how much, if you don't mind sharing that you
1: sold that first program to for her, to her for?
0: So I, I charged 1500 and we did three payments of 500 and it was a three month program. So to me, that seemed really simple, really easy, Yeah, just like 500 bucks a month. I think we met for two sessions a month and uh, yeah, it was really simple. It was so just like... <laughs> I
1: this is the magic number I feel like when
0: people come in. I yes. never want to
1: tell people what to charge. you know, but I'm like, if you don't want any objections, if you want it to be light and easy, fifteen hundred dollars for a three month program is a really, really great way to start. Absolutely, so cool. Okay, Carly, so how did you go from that first client fifteen hundred dollars on that park bench? to running your incredible group coaching program called First Five right now, where you bring clients in and help them with the systems. Carly is incredible at systems and it's so overwhelming as a new coach, just even figuring out the calendar and you know acuity or whatever it is that you're doing, not to mention how to take payments, how
0: to follow up with your clients, any of that. How did you go from where you were there to where you are today? So many things I want to say about this. So to answer your first part of the question, basically my first couple of clients were once I got that first client in right for 1500 and we were really focusing on her creativity, I started to see a few other people in my practice who could really be served from my massage practice, who could be served with this kind of work. So the first handful of clients came in through face to face sessions and just inviting them in and really customizing programs for them. Then in 2019, I had to close down my practice because my husband got a job opportunity in Ireland. And that was the nudge to go completely virtual, which is actually something I wanted anyway. But I had a hard time closing down that practice. Like that was a, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. So then there was a whole new challenge, which is how to bring in clients virtually, right? When you have when when you no longer, which everyone knows now after the past two years, right? It's become uh, pretty common to now see people virtually, and luckily, Michelle, ever since I started my massage massage practice, I have had a small but mighty email list. And I consistently email my list once a week or once every other week, right? There's sometimes I might miss a week, but I email that list and the content that I email them, it's not, it's not really content. It's like sharing a part of my life or sharing what I'm noticing. So all throughout my massage practice, I was sending these email newsletters of, insights, ahas, awarenesses I was having with coaching and with coaching clients and the impact that I was seeing. And so when I went virtual, I continued that and I let them in on the process. I was like, this is happening. I'm moving. I'm shifting my business. Who wants to come? Like who wants to join me? And then I had a a couple more clients trickle in that way through the email list. So that was like the phase two of the process. And then from there, I knew I had to start to layer in habits. And this is where systems comes into place, habits that were directly related to client outreach. And I think this is so important because we can get so distracted with like, branding and making social media look pretty. And I love all of that stuff so much. So like no judgment on it. Like i can been playing Canva all day long. Um, and I could see myself getting caught up in that. And then looking back at like a month and saying, okay, I didn't do anything directly related to client outreach. And that's when I started to implement a referral system. So like every week I would start to send out referral emails to past clients, to past massage clients, um, to, you know, colleagues that I had worked with, just really letting people in on, hey, my business has changed. This is what I'm doing now. And that was really the next layer that I still, to some degree, implement to this day is, okay, what have I done this week that is directly related to client outreach? which I think can be like a, can get really complicated, but if we bring it back to what is the simplest way it's connecting with people, you know, and most of my clients have come in through that referral process.
1: Love it. Amazing. It's super, super simple. When you said you had a small email list, so you, you put some more attention into the email list. How small is small?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I started with like my mom and who unsubscribed like a few emails and <laughs> I was pretty offended. Um, can't lie. Uh, but so it just started with like 50 people, my clients, 50. and then it, it added to there. And then over the years, you know, it's grown, but it's still pretty, it's still pretty small. It's still about a thousand people. And, you know, I clean, I do something called scrubbing my list once every three to four months because You know, that's a whole other conversation too, but like, it's part of keeping your systems really simple and clean, removing people who are no longer interested. So you get better email open rates and all that good stuff. One thing you
1: said the other day, Carly, that really resonated with me. It was like, it doesn't matter so much what's in the email so that you send it on a consistent basis. You show up in people's inbox.
0: Yeah. And I've heard this from clients that even if they don't open my emails, they like to see that I'm in there every week and you're staying top of mind for them so that if they do see a subject line that really resonates with them, they'll go ahead and open it. And what I find is the people that that I work with, there's so much of our identity that gets wrapped up in annoying people and I'm going to clog up their inbox and they're going to be pissed off if I email them every week. And I just feel like that is an internal thing. It's not about the people on your list. It's more about what's going on inside of us.
1: Absolutely. And they can always hit that unsubscribe button. It's available totally. to them. I guess. absolutely they have made a choice <laughs> to be on that list hundred percent. So I was just speaking with Rachel Weaver and we were talking about Facebook groups and I said, Rachel, you know, are Facebook groups dead? And, and this is where she gets the most um, business in her copywriting business. Now, can you talk about Facebook groups and how this has worked and hasn't worked for you over the years?
0: Totally. So I had a free Facebook group for many years, just about five years, and I loved it. It went through a couple of different uh, makeovers, right? Because first it was kind of massage based and then it shifted in over into coaching, which was more stress anxiety based. And then it shifted over into more of this business coaching. So it, it's, it went through a lot of iterations, one group. I just kept changing it and saying <laughs> same thing with my email list, one email list that's been the same. And I just kept saying, I'm pivoting. If you want to go goodbye, like please unsubscribe. You can leave the group which I think is important for people to hear because you don't have to start from scratch. You can just let people know that you're pivoting. They're not gonna like, if they care, they'll unsubscribe. (laughs) So that Facebook group worked really, really well for a long time for me. It was a great place that I could show up consistently. And it actually served as like a little bit of a protection bubble for me as I was stepping into finding my own voice And being visible and like practicing in like a safe little space on the internet. So I think it's a great place for people to start if they might have some fear of being seen and, you know, sounding like they don't know enough, which I totally still go through sometimes. Um, And then there came a point where it was feeling like it was burning me out to serve my paying clients inside my my paid Facebook community right inside first five and be putting so much time and effort into that free Facebook group. So really it kind of came down to energy for me and what I had the capacity for at that moment in time. And there are some times where I'm like, I need to open this group back up. It was so fun. And I kind of shifted that energy over to Instagram because I wanted, I wanted whoever found my page to have access to the content without having that barrier anymore. Cause I no longer needed it. I no longer needed that closed group to really feel protected.
1: Amazing. So you closed down your group, you, you had already had Instagram, but you kind of shift your focus over there. Can you take us back even a few steps back to how did you transition from being a personal coach with those one-on-one clients to doing group coaching and helping other coaches Step into signing their first five clients.
0: Okay. So I had kind of had an inkling that I always wanted to do group. And I did one group that was more based on personal development. And I just loved it. It was virtual, it had a retreat included. This is back in like 2018 and we could all be together easily and it's just amazing. Um, so I learned a lot from that group. And then when I transitioned to Ireland. I started to see other coaches kind of struggling with the same hurdles that I had already jumped over. So setting up these systems, finding a a referral process, um, setting up like calendars and payments and stuff like that. And I started to realize and put the pieces together that all of that came really easily to me. And I could jump on a call and like, Consult all day long on how to do that kind of stuff, which was really, really kind of fun and light. So, the first group that I started, I started with one on one. And I just, again, put it out there to that email list like, hey, I'm trying something new. If anyone wants support with business, you know, setting up their coaching business, you know, I've got a couple of spots open. And I think I had like four or five people come in, worked with them one on one for a few months. And then I started something that I called a power group, which was a small three person program. Like we met twice a month and it was just a small intimate group. And that I really was like, this is what I want to do. Every single person in that small group was receiving from everything that we were talking about, even if it wasn't what they were implementing. And then I kind of took a step back and saw all the pieces that I was teaching Every single one from private to this power group. And I was like, oh, this is my process. Like, I now have a process that I take people through. And that's what First Five became. Hot damn.
1: That's pretty amazing, Carly. Very, very cool. And I'm smiling to myself because I'm picturing uh, it seems like every year or every two years, folks got an email from you that said, hey, (laughs) so I'm doing a thing if you want to come with me, here's where I am. If not, there's the door. And I
0: love it. It's so, so much. So true, fun. And it may happen again soon. And, and, you know, if that's another part of like, just starting to settle into your own process that like, we're continuing to grow and expand and what we love to coach and consult around continues to grow and expand. And I feel like another, another shift possibly coming down the road, but I think what's important is like, again, like you don't have to start from scratch. There are people who love you and who are following you and reading your emails and your social media and like they are connected to you, right? And so don't just like throw them out and say, okay, I'm completely starting over because I've had people too who, you know, back from my massage days, they came to me for a massage. And then later on, two, three years later, they're like, Hey, I'm doing, I'm starting this business. Can we work together for a couple of months? And it it was like an Airbnb business and then a dietician business and a speech pathology business. So it wasn't even coaching, but like they knew that I was now helping business owners. And that's how another like whole handful of clients came in.
1: Very cool. Carly. Hey there, my heart-centered coaching friends. As a sales coach, the most common question I get is, how do I overcome the money objection? And I get it. Helping clients understand the value of your coaching takes practice. So in response to your request, I created a super amazing mini training just for you. But it's not what you think. It's going to forever change how you look at objections and buying questions I've even created a cheat sheet just for you to help you set the stage for a yes before you even say hello. Head on over to michellerockwood.com forward slash sales and grab it today. So as you start to help new clients that they're new coaches that are coming in and they're working with you, and they obviously they come to you because they want some help with this, their systems. But I also suspect, or my question to you is, do they come to you for help? with their niche and what exactly it is that they're offering and
0: how do you help them figure that out? Yes. So this is what the coaching is really around, right. In the coaching work that I do with people and often it's peeling back the layers of, of them being seen. Right. So on the, on on the outside, first five is like systems. We're going to set up all your stuff, but really like what we're getting to at the end of the day is, what's going on inside, right? Like what is behind that desire to bring something into the world? What do you want to coach around? What comes so easily to you, just like the systems came so easily to me and really kind of diving in with that coaching to possibly uncover that for people. And that's how they can start to, if it's what they desire, right? Find their niche And then we, we also have to move through a lot of layers of like, does anybody want that? And (laughs) who's going to pay for that? And again, there's a process to test because I I do think that's important. Like we don't just like pick something out of thin air. We might have like a desire of what we want to coach around, but then as a business, we have to test, we have to do some market research. Like, is this something people want and pay for? And that's when honestly, like some of my clients get mad at me. Because I'm like, you got to go back to the drawing board, right? Like we don't want to build this whole entire thing and then have nobody want it. So like, if you take the time to do the research, to talk to people, is this a need that people want and will pay for, it's going to make the rest of your business so much easier, but people often skip that step because it's kind of annoying and it takes effort to like have those calls, maybe get them transcribed look for your themes, find the language, do some testing. It takes time and it takes effort. And you know, we live in this society where we just like want things in an instant. And I just, I, I just don't see it happening. <laughs> I see a lot of people like try that and then fall on their face and feel like that's why like coaching, oh, it's so hard. But then when we really dig in, they haven't gone and done the research and the work.
1: I completely agree. This really comes to listening to the client, and you would never ignore a client during your coaching call. And so, why are you doing that in what it is that you offer? Why haven't you gone out, spoken to the people, asked them what they want? It might not actually be that much different from what it is that you envisioned, but maybe it's a little more specific. Or maybe it includes X, Y, and Z and you hadn't thought of that. It'll actually just get bigger, better, more expansive. I don't know if you have this experience, Carly, but I oftentimes listen to someone um, on that first enrollment call or maybe in the first coaching call and I hear what their niche is, their niche, their niche. I hear it. And I know in my heart, that's what it's going to be for them, but I can't say anything because I know that they have to go through the process and discover it for themselves. And I can't rob them of that. Do you ever have the same experience?
0: Yes, but I don't know if I'm as noble as you. Like sometimes <laughs> I can't hold myself back. <laughs> right. And I think you're so right. And and giving them that experience is, is huge. And I do agree. Like it's easier it's, it's easy for me to like see someone and see what they could do and how they can be showing up and, and uh, you know, what might come easily to them right? It's that consulting role. It's just like, oh my gosh, I could see it all for you. But at the end of the day, you're right. Like it, it comes down to their experience and starting to just help them uncover that for themselves. So I'll work on that, Michelle. I'm working on it. <laughs> I suspect
1: that there are a few systems you are not revealing to us today, because I know that there are a few things you do to get clients, or I suspect, um, whether it's DM, Instagram, is there anything else that you can share with us that you're doing systematically on a
0: regular basis to invite people into your world? Yes. And I will pull back the curtain and say, it's not rocket science. Like there, there is no magic, like quick fix for this. Um, and I think, I think the people who say that there are, are actually lying. And that's just my opinion, Mm -hmm. but I, I think it comes down to creating consistent habits in your business. And I'll tell you what those are for me. Okay. Um, But like really putting those habits of client attraction and client outreach at the forefront in your business every week and making those a priority, just like you would, you know, if, if you're really, um, If you really value taking care of your health, you would have maybe your morning routine or your morning smoothie or something like that. It's the same thing in your business. And so for me, what that looks like right now with first five is going back and actually doing my referral process that I did in the beginning with past clients. So doing outreach to every single one of them and asking, do you know one or two people who could really use this program? We're opening up, opening it up in the next couple of weeks. And if so, would you mind connecting us? Can I send you some materials that might help? Like, can I write an email for you that you can just copy and paste and then send it to them and really making it so easy for people to refer others to me? So that's one thing. The other is really once you have that habit down, right? We layer habits on top of our, on top of themselves so that they stick. If we try to like change our entire health and wellness routine at once, like we're going to, we're going to fail. So we do that until that habit becomes a routine. Then we add on another layer. And so the layer that we're working on this year is cross promotion and outreach to other basically B2B, like parallel businesses, like your business and my business, Michelle, you support people in sales. I support people in systems. So right, reaching out to people like you for cross-promotion who have those similar audiences. So now that's the new habit that I layer in this year. And every week it's like, okay, I might have to reach out to 10 people in order to get one person that is confirmed as a cross-promotional partner, right? So that takes effort, it takes time, it's not sexy, it's not a quick fix. (laughs) Um, So, and those are the two things that I have seen really yield the most results in terms of converting into clients. And it's because it comes back to that, uh, what's the word? Like when you, hear from someone that they bought this water bottle on Amazon, right? And it's so amazing. And then you go on Amazon and there's like 4,000 reviews of this amazing water bottle. Like you are going to buy it, right? So it's about like trusting, getting, getting partnering with people who um, have audiences and then helping those audiences really gain your trust quickly rather than a cold audience coming in and them taking a lot of time to nurture, which is where your email list comes in. So again, it's like layer after layer that I've built over time. This has been five years. It hasn't been, you know, I did all this in the first year. Otherwise I, I don't think I would have done any of it. I would have burned myself out.
1: Carly, I love how you talk about partnering with aligned clients, because I don't think we can talk about this enough. When you partner with the aligned people, the audience is there, the right clients come in, everything, everything, Same with me when I teach sales, if I'm teaching it to a client that's aligned, that's heart-centered, that's mission-driven, that really cares, I can teach them how to sell so quickly. If they are missing one of those elements, right? Like I need to give them their money back, right? It's like, I am not the right person for them, but when it's aligned, it just fits, it just clicks. And when you continue to find that alignment,
0: in every part of your business, it flows. Exactly, and that's really where you start to see that growth, scaling, leveraging. You start to see that email list grow. You start to see your client you know, people enrolling into your programs easier. You have that social proof, right? And there's a lot of things that we can do to support that. Like another, another habit that I have been really diligent about since the beginning is collecting testimonials, right? Because of that, like Amazon phenomenon of like seeing that social proof. So part of my process is, is clients that I work with, right? Making sure that I have permission to use testimonials so that when somebody lands on my site, they have other people's opinion, not just me. And again, that's often something that if you have uh, some some stuff coming up around asking for things, right, we might have to coach through. And sometimes that's what we work on inside First Five is like reaching out for those testimonials, finding a system, which I teach a system on how to make it so super easy for the person to give you a testimonial instead of like asking them to write a paragraph for you, which feels really heavy, right? If someone has to like, think about it, but if you have a system to walk them through, that makes it so easy for them to share authentically, you're going to get so many more testimonials. So
1: I hope new coaches are really listening to this bit of advice because you will get three, five years into your business and go, Oh my God, why didn't I ask them? You know, you want to ask them right when they sold a program or they got a new job or their relationship was mended or they were thrilled with the divorce, you know, whatever it was right then and there, you want to get that testimonial and you can't wait. Otherwise it's not as amazing. It's never too late, of course but you will regret years down the line waiting and not getting those testimonials. hundred <laughs> percent. I'm in it yes, right now. <laughs> and,
0: and just like, just like the email list, right. If someone, you know, was offended, they wouldn't be working with you in the first place. So just know like they love you. They love working with you. So if you're authentic and just saying, Hey, could, would you mind like giving me a little snippet of your experience so I can use it as a testimonial? I think where a lot of new coaches get tripped up is, Feeling like they have to look professional and whatever, like they're, they have this definition of professional that they get to kind of break out of and just be real instead and authentic and be like, Hey, can I have a testimonial? That would be so amazing. And it would be so helpful for other people to hear about your experience. And from, from my own experience, I found that people are more than willing if we make it really easy for them.
1: Absolutely, make it really easy. Don't just say, "Hey, give me a testimonial and leave it up to them. No, no, no.
0: Like I've got a process that I take people through similar actually to the referral process, right? That's like, hey, I can give you like an outline, I can give you questions to answer, and then you just go through and answer them. You can even vox them to me. I'll put it together for you and then send it back to you for approval. And it's just like to what I'm always looking for is how can I make it so easy? If I'm asking for something, let me, let me, let me do the heavy lifting. And then all they have to do is like connect me with someone or share their experience. I'll do the rest and then just make sure I get their approval.
1: Carly, this is so juicy. I think anybody listening to this wants to dive into first five right now. I know I do this. I'm like, I know all this stuff and I'm like, oh, tell me the system. Oh, I want it. I want it. There's one more thing that you do that I'd love for you to share with everyone listening. And that's around direct messages. And I share with us your teeny tiny system that you have and tracking as well. Tracking is so important, but what's your system for direct messaging people that come into your world on Instagram?
0: Absolutely. So again, this would be another layer that we'd add into the process. (laughs) And it's also one that I'm working on, right? I don't have this like totally down hundred percent, but it's something that I've been working on for about the past six months. And essentially, right, if we think about social media, it's about creating relationships, not about getting clients. It's about creating connection and relationships. So if somebody follows me, right, I might message them back and say, hey, thanks for the follow. And then maybe a few days later, just circle back and say, hey, you know, I've got these two free guides. Uh, You know, this one is about systems. This one is about being you know, being visible, stepping into that, if it would be helpful, like which one of these could I send you? And then from there, right. They might say, yes, awesome. Like send me a or B, or they might say no, totally fine. Right. And then if they do say yes, following through and actually sending them the link. Right. So getting that buy-in right in sales, we talk about getting the buy-in all the way through the conversation. So think about, your relationships on social media in the DMs is like, just asking permission, like every step of the way through, like, Hey, I've got these two free guides. You know, would you be interested in one of them? If they say yes, great. I'll drop the link below. Great. You know, paste the link and then maybe circle back and say, Hey, do you have any questions about that? Is there any way that I can support you? And it's more of a long game. Again, not a quick fix. None of this is like scalable. (laughs) Right. Um, But because you can do a lot of that with bots, but people, you've all felt what it feels like to get a bot in your DMs and it's gross and it's just like, you know, it doesn't feel good. So I think if we can slow down and actually bring, you know, one of my values is connection and communication and bring that into the DMs and like ask for permission. Hey, do you want to sign up for my class? Yes. Great. Would you like me to send you the link? Yes. Like, you know, just kind of getting that buy-in all the way through the DMs instead of just like slapping links in there, which nobody it's, I just haven't found that to be effective.
1: I know you Carly. And I know that the intention behind everything you do is there. And that's so important, whether you're in the sales conversation or do your direct messaging somebody, if your first intention, like, obviously we need to make money. Obviously we want our businesses to thrive. Obviously we want to serve people but your first intention must be to serve them genuinely versus enroll them into your program. And that's what I'm hearing you say right here is like a genuine connection, a genuine service, asking
0: permission to take the next step. Yes, and that might be just part of my personality, right? Like there are other people who can just kind of dive in and it feels authentic. So I'm not knocking that at all. For me, I've always kind of looked at the long game in terms of my business and relationships and just nurturing those people and making sure that I'm answering their questions. Um and I found that that has served me well. You know, I might meet someone and they don't join my program until 6 months or a year later, but when they come in, they know. They're like all in, right? All in with their energy, their intention, and um yeah, I've just found that it, it makes for a better community also cuz that's one of my other values and so the community that we've built inside First Five is really amazing, right? Really supportive and just can, there's people in there like I don't have to worry about not showing up on a weekend because they're all supporting each other and it's just like, oh, they've got they've got each other's backs. This is amazing. You know, I'll pop back back in on Monday and um so like looking at the bigger picture of how you can bring in your values and like bring all of your values into all parts of your business. And then looking at your marketing steps of like, okay, how can I infuse that into my marketing? So that all the way through from, you know, the first time they meet you to the first interaction to the sales call or the sales page, even to their experience when they're onboarded. And then of course, in the program, complete with the testimonial at the end, Like, that's really what I love is looking at the client experience, the whole step of the the process.
1: Carly, there's so much when you're a new coach that can feel really overwhelming. So that's why it's wonderful to have the support of someone like you. But for a new coach, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? Do you learn the sales conversation first? Do you learn marketing first? Do you learn how to do Facebook ads first, right? Do you learn, what do you, what do you do? And in what order would you recommend? Obviously I'm like sales front and center should be first, but what Mm -hmm. do you feel like as a new coach coming out of a coach training program? Let's say you didn't learn sales because most don't. What are maybe the first three things that in your opinion, they should do
0: or focus on? Number one, have an outline for your program that you love right? Like I want you to love your offer, your program, your outlet, whatever you want to call it, right? your are basically your offer or your service. I want you to love it so much so that you don't care if you're fumbling your way through it. You just like I did on that park bench, right? I didn't know what it is, but I'm just like so excited to help you and we'll figure it out as we go. Um, I'm not a quick start By the way, like I'm not figuring, but like to have that excitement override my need to want to have it all together, I think is really important. So that would be number one. The second thing is, I think the sales conversation is super important because you are going to assess if you can really help them with whatever it is that they're coming to you with. And that sales conversation is also creating such a powerful connection that like, you've got them. Like when you're on that call with them, you've got them, you're, you are going to show up for them. Um, So that would be number two, I think is important to, to have that. And then the third thing is gosh, no Facebook ads. Like that's so far, that's like down the road. Once you have a proven program and all that kind of stuff, like, please don't waste your money on Facebook ads in the beginning. Um, The third piece would be, we've got, I've got, I've got two more. (laughs) So the number three would be, um, you know, making sure that you can deliver on this program, right? Whatever it is that you sell, you better make sure you deliver on it. And, uh, you know, integrity is a part of who I am too. So like make sure you have the capacity for those clients and whatever you are. And I just say this because sometimes people I work with in the beginning, they're like, I want someone to come in for two hours every single week for, you know, 10 weeks. And I'm like, can you deliver that? And they're like, no, my schedule is so full. (laughs) So like, let's just make sure that we can deliver on what we are offering And then the fourth piece here would be the easiest, most direct way to bring in that first handful of clients is through asking for referrals. So I hope that answers your question because I forgot what the question was, but that is like the most direct route. It's not creating a course first right? That comes after. It's not um, creating an opt-in first. It's not even growing your email list first, although that's really important. So that's like right after four, that's probably step five. (laughs) Um, It's really like have your offer, know how to invite people in. And then from there, like make sure you can deliver it and then bring in those clients through referrals. Hot damn. I feel like people should pay to listen to this podcast today.
1: There's like so many good things. I'm taking notes. And just so everybody knows this will be in the show notes. And I'm going to link to Carly because I don't know about you, but I want those two free guides. I'm wondering what they are and where we find
0: them. Well, your audience can just send me a message on Instagram and I would be happy to share them.
1: (laughs) Perfect. We can get the DM strategy firsthand, how do we find you on Instagram?
0: Uh, it's just at Carly Clark Zimmer. And in all seriousness, like if anyone has questions about what I, what I've shared, like I'm also an open book here. I don't think what I teach is rocket science. It's actually really simple. And I think people bypass it because it is so simple and we can make things much harder than they need to be for us. So if you have questions about any of this stuff, just send me a message. I love doing the voice memos in DM. So I can like, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I could send you a message and I would just love to do that. Carly, thank you so much. My intention with this podcast
1: is really to make it approachable, possible, help people to understand what's going on behind the scenes. Sometimes people show up on a podcast like this, and they just say, "I do a really great job, and referrals come to me." And you're like, "Yes, I do that, and I have a system. I show up. I continually nurture. I continually send out those emails. I'm thoughtful in everything I do, and it returns amazing clients to me." And but yes, it's work. You know, it's things happen behind Earth. the scenes. It's not yes, yeah. yes, definitely. Awesome. If there's anything you could do, Carly, you went back in time and you started your coaching services over again. What's one thing you know now that you wish you knew as a new coach?
0: Uh, Let me think here. What's one thing I could have done differently? I think the biggest thing that's coming through is, I mentioned it earlier, like just not worrying about looking a certain way as a coach or feeling like I need to know everything and being like professional, right? I still show up. I still deliver the program that I say I'm going to deliver. Um, but it's like all of that, like fear and the blockages that can come up around, like, I don't know enough to begin. I think that just like softening that and actually realize I can show up and be authentic and silly and like, I always think of you, Michelle, like laughing and asking questions and being that contrarian, right? It just like bring bring your personality into what it is that you're doing. Instead of looking like everybody else out there that's like, you know, got a perfect Instagram feed, like bring bring yourself into your marketing, your emails, your sales conversation, your program, I think the the quicker you can realize that that's allowed and actually the thing that's going to set you apart from everybody else, the quicker you're going to start to see those referrals come in.
1: Absolutely amazing, Carly. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy and we appreciate it so much.
0: I could do this all day with you, Michelle. So anytime (laughs) you want me to come back, just let me know.
1: (laughs) Have a wonderful day and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Okay. Thanks, Michelle.
1: Hey, coaches. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you like the show, I have two asks for you. One, share the podcast with a coaching pal that could use support around sales. And secondly, leave a review in whatever app you're listening on. And if you'd like to learn more about selling your coaching unscripted, head to unscriptedsales.com or find me at Instagram at Michelle M. Rockwood. See you soon. Happy sales.